Well, good morning, good morning. Somebody say praise the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. What a worship time we had today. Uh, I'm looking forward to everybody being here next week. Now, some people may be wondering, what in the world is he doing with that big old blanket? I just figured if I get, if I get sleepy during the sermon, I'm just going to lay down and take a nap. <laughs> oh, my. But, you know, today we're going to be talking about something that we all often deal with. And I want you to go ahead and open your Bibles to John chapter 5. John chapter 5 as we are getting to, um, into the Word today. Because the most important thing we do today is get into the Word of God and worship Jesus Christ through song, through giving, through, through everything. So we are thankful that today you are with us. Thankful that we have the Word of God to guide us. And in John chapter 5, we're going to find something very interesting to apply to our life. When you look at a glass of water that's only got 50% of water in it, how do you see it? What do you perceive when there's only 50% of water in the glass? Some of you probably see potential to get more water. You see it as, man, that thing's only half full. I got, there's 50% more to go. I can get me some more water. You're optimistic. You've got the perspective that there's hope for more to come. Then there's the other half that's going, what happened to the other 50%? Did somebody drink it? Well, what happened? Did it, did it evaporate? Are we going to lose the 50 that we have? And so your perspective sees it in a different way. And then there's somebody in the room that's going, somebody's going to have to wash that glass. And I don't know who it is, but it ain't going to be me. <laughs> but perspective has a big deal to do with how we respond to things in our life. Our person get back together and praise God, there's some of us here today. Next week, everybody else will be here and we thank God for that. There was hope then, there is hope now, and there's going to be hope tomorrow in Jesus. So today, as we get into chapter 5 right here of the book of John, here's your question. What do we do when our perspective has revealed that our belief, our faith is holding us back and fueling hopelessness and fear in our life? What do we do? Let me give you a little bit of a context of chapter 5. Just previously in chapter 4, there is a man that comes to Jesus and he comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, I got someone sick at home and he's dying. Would you, would you heal him? Jesus said, absolutely. And the man said, just, if you'll just speak the word, I got faith that if you'll just say something, right here and right now, he's going to be okay. And so Jesus does. And the man turns and he's beginning to go back home. And on his way back home, someone runs up to him and says, Sir, sir, the boy's okay. He, the boy's okay. He's going to live. And he inquired and he said, Well, exactly when did the change take place? And it was determined it was at the exact moment when Jesus said everything's going to be okay. So we're coming off this story of a man who had faith, a man who, who went to Jesus, who understood that there was a problem, but Jesus was an answer, and he had faith. And now we come into this story in chapter 5. The Word of God says in chapter 5, verse 1, follow along in your own copy. After these things, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up, 
to Jerusalem. Now, we're not sure what this feast is. We don't give it, get any indication. Many scholars have debate, debated what feast it is because Jesus, evidently, it was such an important feast that he traveled to Jerusalem. So this is an important feast, but we don't know what feast it is. But Jesus is in Jerusalem. And he's lying there one day, and really, to him, a stranger just walks up. He did not realize it was Jesus because you can see where he says, Sir, and if you continue reading the story later, whenever he's in the temple, Jesus walks up to him. People had asked him, Who in the world did this to you? And he's like, Well, I don't know. Whoever it was just left. And it's the Sabbath, and it causes the Jews to get all stirred up because Jesus is healing somebody on the Sabbath. But here we have this man who is living with a pallet who can apparently get around a little bit because he, he gets to this, this portico, this porch. This, this pool was actually a double pool and it was divided by a bridge that went over it. And there were these, these porticos which were kind of like porches all around it. And somehow the waters would begin to stir and there was this idea that when the waters began to stir that if you, the first person that got in would get healed. Now, the reason in your NIV, verse 4, in the last part of verse 3 is not there is because in the early manuscripts, when, when we're looking at what was copied the earliest when John wrote it, that verse is not in the earliest manuscript. But it is in the King James because it is uh, in the New American Standard. I have it because some scribe at some point wrote down the explanation in this belief. And because of that it got put into Scripture later, which now we have it. There's nothing wrong with this being in some and not being in others because the point isn't whether the pool was being stirred by angels or not. The point of this story is about an encounter with a man by the name of Jesus with a guy who was absolutely hopeless. Because here's a man, 38 years, and there are some mistakes that are made because I don't know if you noticed something, but let's just look again. Right here, what did Jesus ask the man? He said, do you wish to be well? Is that a yes or no question? That's a yes or no question. And if I had been sick for 38 years, Chad, I guarantee you if Jesus said to you, He's going to work in your life based on how much faith you have and what your perspective really is. God will do a work in your life even regardless of your perspective. He does in this man's life, and that is hope. See, when I think of someone living in a situation like this, I think about somebody who has a choice to make. They can either become bitter or they can become what? Better. This man seemed to have a sense of bitterness in him toward everyone who was around. Because every time he would try to step in, somebody would step in front of him. He had a reason why he was continuing in the condition he was in. Now, there's some of it that, yeah, you can argue, well, it's, it, he couldn't help it. He was sick. He couldn't fix it. Yes, he, he couldn't fix it. But when the solution came along, he was so focused on the problem, he could not see the possibility and the question that was being asked to him. Sir, do you want to, do you wish to be well, is what Jesus asked. Comparing ourselves to others is dangerous. He compared his healing to what other people had received. He compared his lack of healing to what other people were doing. When we focus on other people rather than God himself, we're going to find ourselves in a bad situation and focused on the problem more than possibility. So third thing, we see what we do not have rather than what we do have. 
We see what we do not have rather than what we do have. That's what this man was doing. He saw more of what he did not have. He, he did not have a friend to help him get into the water when the waters became stirred. The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. He's saying, I don't have what it takes to bring myself to a place where I can get in this pool and get healed. 38 years he had dealt with this issue. 38 years. I'm, this man had a problem with walking of some sort. Whether he slid himself to this place whether he was carried by someone else, whether he had some makeshift device that would get him there and he'd lay out his pallet and he'd lay there close to the water just so maybe today would be the day. There'll be a difference today. If the waters will stir, maybe I can get in first. He kept thinking that. And then Jesus comes along. And in the midst of what was his problem that he was camped in, Jesus said, pick it up. And walk and go. See, the game-changing focus for all of us is that our faith in God's ability changes obstacles into opportunities. It changes obstacles into opportunities when our faith is in Jesus Christ. Because when Jesus said to pick up your pallet and walk, what do you think this man probably thought? All right, dude. I've been laying here 38 years. Well, not laying there 38 years, but dealing with this for 38 years. Been laying here for years and trying to, 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 to find some healing. And you're telling me to pick up my pallet and walk. But what happened, Miss Mary Beth? I bet all of a sudden he felt something in his legs. And his feet began to feel different. Strength began to happen. And look, Jesus says, pick up your pallet and walk. Immediately, the man became well. What? Wait a minute. I can stand. Can you imagine for the first time in this man's life, he could stand up. For the first time, he could bend his knees and lift them up. For the first time, he could bend over and pick up his pallet and say, look here. I didn't need the water. I didn't need the pool. I didn't need no friend to help me get in. I'm, I have been made whole. I have been made well. That which used to be my problem, that reminded me, that was holding me. I now hold it and I can walk away with it in my hands for you. So what must we do? What must we do? I want to make a special note again here about the man's faith. What God did in his life was not determined and measured by his faith in who was standing there before him. His perspective was one where he saw problems. He didn't see the possibilities. He saw the past. He didn't see the great things that was right there before him. But you know what was beautiful? Jesus worked despite it. See, our faith does not have to be the same size as our problem. Sometimes we think it does before God will do something. Sometimes God does require us to have some faith and take a leap of faith or step out on faith. Many of you have probably heard that. You've got to take a step of faith and then God will begin to work and do some stuff. And sometimes He asks us to do that. Sometimes we just don't have the, the ability at all to even take a step of faith. We have done everything we can to have every bit of faith we can and God is there and He will work even in those situations. But our faith never has to measure the size of our problem. Because the size of our problem is nothing compared to the 
size of our God. Our God is much bigger than anything we face or deal with. So His grace works whether we deserve it or we don't. His grace works whether we have the measure of faith or we don't. God's grace transcends us being the the one who makes it work. God is the God of grace. He's the one who bestows it. Why do we not read of Christ healing everyone in the pool? Why didn't He extend grace to everyone that was there? I don't know. But God had a plan in this man's life. In this particular man's life, everything changed. Because if I was God, that's a dangerous phrase, isn't it? If I was God, I would have just healed them all. You're healed, you're healed, you're healed. You get a healing, you get a healing, and you get a healing. Congratulations. You all get healings. (laughs) But I'm not God. I am confined to time and space and to knowledge that only I can contain. But God's knowledge is way beyond. He understands every hair on every person's head. He knew every day that would come to be in this man's life before one of them came to be. And he understood that one day his life would be transformed forever. Grace is receiving something you do not deserve. And if this was the house of grace, this man did not deserve to receive grace because that's the definition of grace. So to say that he deserved it and somebody else didn't is to miss the whole essence of what this is about. God wants to work in your life and bring grace and power and healing and strength. But what must we do? We have to patiently... Oh, we don't like that word, do we? Somebody say it with me because it's hard for me to say it, Rachel. Patiently 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 have faith in God's ability God's plan for me I have to patiently have faith in God's plan for me and not try to put my plan on God God will my plan is that I'd be completely out of debt My plan is that I'd be driving a Ford F-150 four-door. We got plenty of room for growth here. This man was the one going, I don't even have anybody to hand me the glass. Why are you taunting me with water? That's what it seems like, but God still worked in his life and did something beyond what he imagined. Faith always declares that God can. Faith always declares that God can. So today, here is your seven-day challenge. Here is your challenge for this upcoming week. Take an obstacle or a problem in your life. Now listen, it doesn't matter how small or how big it is. Because can I tell you something? It's all small to God. Even the big ones to us compared to our big God, is nothing. But I want you to take that obstacle or that problem in your life, and I want you to 
to take some moment, just five minutes this week, sometime over the next seven days, and write down your problem or your obstacle and just write it down. Then I want you to take it and I want you to turn it and answer the question, what's the opportunity here? What's the possibility? What could God do with this? Do that this week. And that begins to turn your mind from seeing the the glass half empty to the glass in the Lord's hands. And that He can handle it. And whether it's half empty or half full, He's going to do something great with it. Because He alone can do that. Gina, if you'll come on and begin to play. This morning, there may be somebody in this room who would like to come this morning and maybe you have a problem or you have an obstacle in your life and it's tough and you need prayer. I have some deacons in the room that's going to come down here with me and if you're at home, then you go ahead and and you can commit as well. You can contact us. We'll get in touch with you. But the bottom line is now that you respond to how God is speaking to you in your life. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till later this afternoon because if you wait till then, you just might not do anything about it. So will you make that decision now about whether you come and get prayer this morning or whether online you may click that that hand where it says raise your hand to accept Jesus. Maybe you don't know Jesus today. and Maybe you're in this room and you don't know Jesus. It doesn't matter how long you've come to church. This building will not get you into heaven. Only Jesus will do that. So today, what does God want you to do with this message? How are you to respond? I'd like for everybody to stand. And when I begin to pray, if you need to come down here, I want you to just come. If you need to do something at home, you go ahead and do it. When I begin to pray, don't wait. Do it now. Heavenly Father, as I come to you right now in the name of Christ, I know there are many people who are faced with problems and obstacles difficulties in their life that are unsurmountable and at times the mountain seems to be so tall that all you want to do is run into the valley and hide under a rock but oh there's something about that name Jesus that changes everything that name Jesus changed this man from being sick and ill and couldn't walk in 38 years of struggling to being able to worship and praise you standing on his feet. Lord, I don't know if he's ever reminded to go back and grab his pallet after that day. I don't know what he did with it. Did he throw it away or did he hang it on the wall and to remind him? I don't know, but Father, today somebody needs to just surrender and say, God, I've, I've, I've tried, I keep trying, and I don't know what to do anymore. But I'm going to believe in the possibility of you. I'm going to believe in the opportunity that this problem has in my life for you to do something beyond anything I could think or imagine. Lord, lives can be changed because of that beautiful name of Jesus. Oh, there's something about that name. Oh, Lord, thank you for that name, Jesus. 
Lord, if, some, if somebody is listening to us or here in this room and they do not know you, may they ask you to take over their life right now and forgive them. In fact, today, if you're struggling and you're, you're wanting something new in your life and you've been seeking something and you feel right now is the time you need to make a decision, will you just repeat after me? Father, forgive me. I've messed up. Jesus, take over my life. May I be yours. Today you can become a brand new creation and you no longer have to be living on that pallet, but you can be brand new because of that. Lord, we thank you for this day and what you're doing in our life. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen.